people redefining themselves. It's all the rage to swerve, rebrand, and pivot. That being said, swerving candidates often give us hiring managers a reason for a sideways glance. Hi, I'm Deva Mills, the rebellious recruiter, and I've been across the table from several people looking to jump career paths. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it's an abject disaster. I started writing this episode with the intention of being more rooted in the how, but my writing took a surprising twist and I went with it. So pull up a seat and let's chat. Have you ever heard of a career pyramid? If you haven't, you've most certainly heard of the career ladder. When I graduated from high school, you know, I'm Gen X, right in the center of the generation, we talked about linear career paths. Much of my generation was taught to demonize blue-collar work. I was actually taught that the German method of education where the kids were tracked into white or blue-collar careers before graduation, I was told that was wrong. The result of that was a lot of us were taught that white collar was the only way. And in a sense, we were all tracked for college. Now, some of my friends didn't feel like they were ready and they went into the military. When I spoke to my bestie about taking a year or two before college, it was met with staunch disapproval. (laughs) Oh, the irony. We were on one track, a ladder, a ladder where we saw our parents work their way up and be rewarded at 25 years with the gold watch. We were to start at the bottom and work our way up. We'd learn to survive in the silo. We would master communication through a string of leaders, up one silo, down the other. Then, middle management was demonized. House loans hit 18%, and companies were told to cut the bottom 10%. My generation, we started watching as our dads. They couldn't get a gold watch anymore. They lost their jobs. And yet, we were still told to go get a degree, work hard, climb the ladder. Us Xers? Yeah, we saw it. It wasn't good. Some of us went to college, and by the time most of my friends graduated, email was becoming a thing. Cell phones, they ceased to cost a dollar a minute, and we had these cute little portable flippy Motorola's with bendy antennas. And a gold watch? Why? The cell phone has a clock, and you can set an alarm. We started asking why we should give all of our time to an employer, only to be shuttled off when we're climbing the ladder and being caught halfway up, and then lose the chance at the gold watch? Like, why is the gold watch a big deal? This type of action, this crushed my father's life. And around this time, you know, therapy started being a normal thing. And then the internet. It became more than these hidey holes on angel fire with funny pictures of supposed ghosts in somebody's house. It created a world where you could see greener grass and submit a resume after work hours. You could email. Suddenly, You weren't spending money on fancy paper or a dollar a sheet to fax. You just sent over your resume. The gold watch chase be damned because I'll leave before they cut the middle out because I could be in the middle at some point. I'll leave before the bottom 10% gets laid off because the bottom 10%, well, that's only two people here and they're operating at a 97% capacity. 
the managers, they would attempt to recruit to replace the bottom 10%. Again, the two people working at 97% capacity, and they try to get new people who could hit the ground running. And supposedly they'd be more effective and they could do this without training and right off the bat. But it didn't happen that way. And we started churning people. People started job hopping. Employers didn't know what to make of this. They shied away from people like me who moved jobs every four years. That was considered a travesty, a job hopper. So then people started shifting. They started looking at their transferable skills. Suddenly, transferable skills weren't just reserved for our returning veterans. They weren't for people just trying to get government jobs. It was for everyone. But the managers didn't always see it. And Gen X, we continued to grow anyway. We continued to climb our ladder. And then the millennials started entering the workforce. The millennials, they were hip to this dance. They saw the latter half of Gen X make pivots and attempting to recreate who they were 10 years into their career. And suddenly the pivot, it wasn't so uncommon, but it wasn't always successful. But through that, it became normal to enter the workforce, trying on several different perspectives. The millennials, they started leaving the job after 18 months, not two years, and certainly not four years. The concept of a job hopper, that was removed from our lexicon. Employers happily paid third-party recruiters 25% on the hope that a person would stay longer than a year. The shallow knowledge the millennial developed across multiple industries In less than a decade, it suddenly became a plus. It gave relevance, a limited window, context, possibly a faster way to hit the ground running. People stopped entering the workforce on a track. The training system was getting designed at larger companies to expose recent college graduates to multiple departments over two years. We wanted to give people perspective of how multiple departments work together. We were suddenly talking about matrixed environments, you know, the dotted lines to many people. No more silos in communication, supposedly. People started rising in companies, and their focus became more narrow. And these millennials, this focus, is it narrowed? It looked like a pyramid. So Gen X, from our seat... Well, we started going to school later in life because many people were missing out on the jobs due to a lack of a degree. But somehow with us in Gen X, we didn't get the benefit of the pyramid because we started on a ladder. We had to climb down and we had to create the base. We took a cut in pay while the younger people were excelling quicker because their base, it was stronger. Resentment started playing a role. Gen X started becoming the grumpy old man. Confused, angry, hurt, sarcastic. Suddenly, the boomer walking in with the resume, wanting to look someone in the eye and shake a hand. It started making sense. The concept of winning people over by sight became appealing. But was it too late? Gen X created the system of that online resume. The millennials, they perfected it. Now, boomers, they are used to communication. That's how they grew up in business. Clear communication, clear values, clear visions, clear mission statements. It had to go up one silo and back down the other. And 
you had to learn how to communicate in a way that didn't cause a game of telephone. Gen X, my group, the latchkey kids, the kids who had to figure everything out on their own. The snark, generally not appreciated. But then the millennials came along, growing up, posting their lives on social media. They know how to communicate the appearance of perfection, altering pictures to look insanely pretty, but not at all like the person on the other end. So what happened? A lot of training on how to get boomers and millennials to talk. Gen X, well, we were making Pop-Tarts in the break room while this was happening. Boomers with their authoritative approach and millennials with the need to show their uniqueness and new and improved ideas and ability to connect. And Gen X, well, you know, we grew up and identified with the cast of Friends and we watched Will and Grace, mostly for Karen's antics. Outside of our little cocoon of self-reliance, we notice things. We notice that boomers, they have had the politicians looking out for them. Bill Clinton through Joseph Biden, they're all freaking boomers. Obama is even on the tail end of the boomers. And Harris, she's a boomer ex-cusp. The millennials, they got Simon Sinek. Like, seriously, he's so incredibly awesome. But he ain't Gen X. The millennials, they know how to be themselves and be political. AOC, for example. You don't have to like her, but she's the exact product of being a millennial and how that all came together. For Gen X, we got Nirvana, Beck, Jeff Bezos, Beyonce. And coupled with those powerhouse identifiers, we got the angst and the age-old questions of how do we be ourselves and not become turncoats to our political cause? How do we live what we believe? We became a cacophony of sorts, watching Leave it to Beaver reruns, key on a string around our necks, eating Pop-Tarts, relegated to becoming the backseat drivers in business. We watched as our shop classes were dismantled. College was the only option thrust upon us, No political oomph coming our way. We spoke to our dads, uncles, and grandfathers about Vietnam, and we understood the struggle of our friends serving in Desert Storm and the worry that we held when our veterans might not be welcomed back with open arms, and it would be our Vietnam, and it would happen all over again. And then, Gen X, we rode the wave of the dot-com boom. People like me saw Media Gulch explode with remodels. And friends that worked for companies were dot-com CEOs. They put grand pianos in their office simply because it looked cool. They didn't know how to play. And then we watched it crash. We watched our friends get laid off. We watched our parents go through another heart-wrenching turn of being out of work. And they lost their second chance at a gold watch. Through all that, the pivot, the swerve, the redesign of who we are fundamentally. It didn't happen as smooth as it happened with the next generation of millennials. Because for Generation X, our base was missing. The broad, shallow base, full of context, experience, nuance. Kind of funny seeing how the pyramid arose out of the system that Gen X developed. My generation... We created a system and we didn't know how to thrive in it. Isn't it ironic, don't you think? The system that allows people to jump, to see what else is out there, to create from infinite possibilities. Gen X, yeah, 
we largely created the structure for it. It frustrated the boomer hiring managers. But the millennials, they perfected it. They redefined the career structure. When we're interviewing people who have made a swerve or they're attempting to pivot, what are we looking at? You know what I've learned? Big pivots, they need to be planned and expertly formulated, manipulated, calculated, and executed. You know where I've made a mistake? Allowing candidates to convince me they were ready for one when they had no context and no research to back up the move. The mistakes were made because I empathized with the candidate and I didn't look at first what the business needed. That caused failures. It's like seeking success overnight. It doesn't happen. It takes work. And the foundation needs to be built. Smooth talking flights of fancy? That doesn't pay the bills. What does this foundation look like? It's more than just transferable skills. It's personalities, communication styles, systems experience. There's lots of systems out there. It's people management, relatability, a basic understanding of some invisible framework holding the process together and keeping them smooth. Anyone can take on a second career as long as they have taken the time to lay the foundation. The millennials, they have the upper hand in this endeavor. They started their careers by laying the foundation. They're ready to build their pyramids pointed at the stars of Orion's belt. It's not about the ladder. That doesn't exist anymore. And really, it's not about the pyramid. It's about what that pyramid is pointed to and what that pyramid is supported with. Create the base. Lay on it. Look up. Reflect. Bring your consciousness to one point in the sky. Focus. Lay the next level. Rest. Look up. Find your spot. Focus. Decide where to create more depth by creating height. Lay the next. Then rest. Look up. Find your spot. And focus. This, this is your legacy. Thanks for listening to The Rebellious Recruiter. A quick reminder, I'll be bringing you new information every Monday and an occasional interview later on in the week with another thought leader. Be sure to subscribe wherever you are listening to this and comment, rate, and review. And share this podcast with other leaders that are looking to build out-of-this-world teams and maybe have a penchant for defying best practices. Go ahead and check me out at millsgroupllc.com and drop me a line there with your thoughts or questions. I might use your subject matter in upcoming shows. And thank you for listening. I know you only have so many hours in the week and I'm grateful to spend this time with you. Until then, make it a great day. I'll see you on the flip side. This podcast is produced by TH3 Entertainment.